Praise the Lord, everyone. Good morning. I hope everybody is doing well. I know we have several that are uh, traveling today. We wish them safe traveling mercies. Welcome, everybody that's online. A couple of things uh, before we get started. I want to say thank you to everybody that has sent us uh, cards. I'm saying that on behalf of Nancy and I and Sam and Caitlin. Uh, Last month, we truly felt appreciated. We actually feel appreciated this month, too. Uh, you know. But uh, anyway, I just wanted to say thank you, and, and if you haven't received a thank you card, you will. So God bless you, and thank you so much. The other thing is, uh, if you're not aware of it, we are going through a uh, capital gains uh, campaign, and we are going to redo our parking lot and do some uh, repairs around the church. So, uh, and I just want to let you know that we have had a great start on that, and I want to thank you so much. And if you haven't had an opportunity to give, if you're in person, if you want to pick one of these up at the information booth, you can just do that. Uh, we don't want you to put your name on it. It is perforated, so you can just Take one part off, but drop the other part in the, one of the offering boxes so we will know what the Lord has put on your heart to help uh, with the uh, rebuilding of the church. If you're online, if you just go online, you'll see it. It's a place on, on the giving uh, app uh, for, for the uh, remodel and rebuild. So if you want to do that, we'd appreciate it. Now, I want to talk to you today about happiness. Happiness. How many like to be happy? I love, I love being happy. Yesterday, I spent the entire day putting up Christmas stuff. And you say, well, why are you putting up? Did you, for, did you forget Thanksgiving? Absolutely not. I love Thanksgiving. Uh, but it was just, we had the opportunity. We took it and, and uh, it was amazing. It's amazing when you crawl up in the attic and you get all those boxes down of all the things that you have. You know, and and we, have, we have things from when my wife was a little girl. I mean, we just, a lot of, a lot of that Christmas decor. And, and, and it's amazing. When, once you start unwrapping all of that stuff, all of the memories that are attached to it, and, and the memories bring joy. It was great. I think that, and you say, well, why are you putting up your trees so early? My guess is, and I won't give a show of hands, but my guess is the vast majority of people in America right now are, are putting up Christmas trees already. And it's not because that, uh, that uh, all of the department stores have all the Christmas decor out and they're just forgetting about Thanksgiving. I really believe that in America, just, just like many other countries around the world, people are just looking for something about joy. This, this COVID for the last two years has brought a, a devastating mark in, in people's lives. And, and, it, and it's not about joy. It, and people are just looking to be happy. You ever find, you ever find yourself just looking for happiness? I mean, we spend billions and billions and billions of dollars every year on entertainment for happiness. Movies, themes, parks, sports. And this is all designed to bring that short moment, that span of time of contentment and happiness in our lives. 
If you watch any sports teams, when your team wins, you have a fleeting moment of joy until next week when they lose. If you're an Orlando Magics fan, I'm sorry. There's always next year. Uh, but there, it's a, there's a lie that we tell ourselves as, as humanity. We, we tell ourselves that we can make ourselves happy. That we have the ability to make ourselves happy. That, man, if I just earn that other degree, or if I just lose that, that last 10 pounds, or if I just have a career success, if I can get that one more step up the ladder, then I will be happy. And we're always in pursuit, but we never realize that self-sufficiency will never bring true lasting happiness. We, we tell ourselves lies about uh, meritocracy, that, that we can earn happiness, that, that if I achieve more, then I am worth more. If I do more, I'm valued more. And the reality is, none of these things bring true happiness there was a recent article, a couple of them, one in Christianity Today, another one by the Barna Group. And they, they did uh, some research and did some polls, and, and they found that there was only one group in America that actually did better with mental health from 2019 to 2020. That every other group, every other category that they looked at was worse off in 2020 than they were in 2019 with mental health, was a, uh, with a positive mental state of being. And, and this one group, you think, okay, well, it has to be uh, political. No, it's not a political party. In fact, it's not even a, uh, an age graphic because it's not the silent uh, majority or the silent, or is, is it the baby boomers or the millennials? It's none of those Gen Xers. It's not one ethnic group. It's not one uh, group that, that has a certain perspective. It's not, not one that has a, a better finance than, than the next group. There's only one group, one group that did better with mental health from, from 2019 to 2020, everybody else was negative. This one group was positive. I know you're waiting for me to tell you that one group, aren't you? It was those that went to church every single week. People that attended church faithfully were the only ones with PMS. Positive mental state. I knew you'd like that one. So, and, and as a pastor, as a pastor, I get to hear a lot of things, see a lot of things, talk to a lot of people, and I talk to other pastors, and I have noticed a trend with our adversary. And, and I want to be a little pastoral right now. Uh, I want to care for the flock. And I want you to be aware that the adversary is working overtime. To change this truth. 
We know that the ones that, that, that are faithfully attending church, they, they have a different perspective on life. They, they, they change their point of view, and it, and it changes them. It, it, it morphs their mindset in their heart, and they are the ones that have more joy than anybody else. And yet the adversary understands this, and he tries to, to come into your life, and he tries to change you and to manipulate you and to get you to believe a lie. You say, well, what are those lies? Well, some of those lies are you don't fit in. You're, and, and I'm hearing that, and I'm not, I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying, my friends, whether you're here or you're online, don't fall into the lie that you don't fit in. Christ saved you. The Scripture says that He has set you in the body of Christ. To say you don't fit in is to say that the Lord doesn't care and he just kind of threw you in. The Lord has set you. He has a place for you and he wants you to grow where you are. Don't believe the lie that, that you don't fit in because you do. And don't believe the lie that no one loves you. Every, the church is about love. Christ died for us, for God so loved the world. Don't believe the lie that you have nothing to contribute, or church isn't what it used to be. Because these are all negative lies, and they're designed for one purpose and one purpose only. They're to get you to look for happiness apart from God and the people of God. And true happiness is found not just in relationship with God, but in relationship with his people. I love the passage of scripture in Psalm 73, Asaph, which he was a Levite. He, he took care of the house of God and, and, and he lived during a time where the prosperity of everybody else was doing well. And, and, and those that were adherents to the faith in, in Israel weren't prospering as much. And he said, man, my foot almost slipped. I almost lost it when I considered the prosperity of everybody else. What was he saying? He said, man, I've got my, eye, got my eyes off of what was really important. And I started looking at other things. And he said, I almost slipped when I considered how it looked like everybody else was blessed. And then I made my way to the house of the Lord. And I understood their end. What was he saying? That this world, the things that we do in this world, it, my, my father-in-law always said it doesn't take long to live a life. And I promise you it doesn't take long to live a life. This, it's, we're like the, the, the grass, we're, uh, the flowers, we're here one day and we're gone tomorrow. It's, it goes by quick. And what Asaph was saying was the things of God. Those things that, 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 that God has for us, they're the only things that are eternal. And if we keep our eyes on Him, that brings us joy, that brings us happiness. So the question that, that, that begs an answer is simply this, what is happiness? Why, when you want to be happy, uh, do, you just, do you go to the grocery store and say, hey, can I have a pound of happiness, please? We call that chocolate. Um, 
Coffee and chocolate. Woo. Um, happiness is really an adjective. It's a feeling or it's, a, it's showing pleasure or contentment. And have you ever noticed that some people are happier than other people? I think it was Abraham Lincoln that says, I suppose folks are as happy as they want to make themselves. I love being around happy people. I like being around people that are joyful. I like my old granddaughter because she's only eight months old and she is happy all the time. Don't you love that? Here's the truth about happiness. It's built, not bought. Happiness is created and it's not consumed and it's developed and it's not delivered. You can't call Amazon and say, hey, deliver me some happiness, please. See, happiness is a state of being. And it comes from a right perspective of life and self. In Scripture, Jesus gave us some eight building blocks. In Matthew chapter 5, he was, he was teaching a, a crowd. And, and uh, I want to, if you want to turn there, and I have it on, online. He said, now when Jesus saw the crowds... He went up on a mountainside and sat down. He wasn't hiding from them. He didn't see the crowd and said, man, I don't want to deal with these guys. I'm going to go sit over here. It's amazing. And in ancient Greece, uh, if you, today you can go and they still have the amphitheaters. Uh, and you can be at the very top and have somebody at the very bottom. And they can speak in just a normal voice and you can hear everything. What Jesus was doing, he said, when he saw the crowd, he positioned himself to teach them. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. Now, this is what he said. Look at this. You're going to love this. If you want to turn the screen, they're really going to love that. Okay. Matthew 3. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What does he mean by blessed are the poor in spirit? What is he referring to that? You're blessed. Well, first let's take a look at the word blessed. The word blessed simply means happy, joyful, content. They're happy. Happy are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It just simply means happiness and contentment, not from without, but from within. A happiness, it's a, it's a feeling. It's, it's something that you have when you, your whole family is around. It's that, that feeling that you have when that when that new child or grandchild makes their way into the world. It's that time when you sit around the Thanksgiving table and everybody is there talking and, and connecting. There's a sense of happiness. It's that joy or happiness you see when, when you see somebody give their life to Christ. Or they break through a difficult situation, and, and, you're, and you're rejoicing with them. It's something that is from within and never from without. 
That poor in spirit is really want to focus on. He says, if you want to be happy, you have to be poor in spirit. What does that simply mean? Do, do we have to go around and, and, and uh, have, you know, just kind of walk around and, and, not, and uh, be less than self? But it's really what Christ is really teaching us is if we're poor in spirit, it simply means being less of yourself and, and more for others. It simply means this, selfless. Less of self and more for others. Jesus was saying, blessed or happy is the person that is selfless. 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 Jesus was simply saying, if you really want to be happy, if you want to be satisfied in life, if you want to be content in life, don't be selfish. So the key to satisfaction then is to think less of self. Poor in spirit doesn't mean the lack of enthusiasm. We need to be full of life. But poor in spirit is discovered. And it's discovered in relationships with others. Why do you think the adversary tries to keep you from having real relationships? It's because he knows that in relationships, not with things, but with people. Not in possessions, but with God. It's in our relationship with God. It's in our relationship with one another that true happiness is found. And that true happiness is found when we are poor in spirit. When we give ourselves to serving others, to blessing others, to seeing others' needs fulfilled. There's not a greater joy in your life that you will ever have than when you actually give of yourself and you see somebody else prosper. You see somebody else succeed. It is one of the most amazing things that can ever happen in your life when, when you realize that life is not about all the things that I can do, but it's what I can do for others. After all, Christ came laid aside his robes of regal royalty and became humanity. And he did it for one reason and one reason only. Because he loves us. So those that are selfless understand and comprehend, they get life. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What is the kingdom of heaven? What Jesus was saying is the kingdom of heaven is not right, is not meat and drink, it's not the things of this world, what you think, but it's love, joy, and peace, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. What, what Jesus was trying to convey to his audience and what he would like us to understand today is that those that are poor in spirit, those that are selfless, those that are focused on building personal, intimate relationships with other people, those are the ones that catch a glimpse of what heaven's really going to be like. Sometimes we think of heaven as in our personal thing, that we're going to have our own mansion, we're going to be walking on streets of gold, we're going to be going through the gates of pearl. 
and all of those things that, that are descriptive of where we're going to be. But the reality is heaven is more than just a physical place. It is a state of being. Heaven is, is when we become so selfless that we begin to serve and, and love and appreciate each other and our lives are dedicated to prospering and blessing one another and when you when you really understand and comprehend that Christ came to serve and not be served and it, it, he gave us an understanding and a glimpse of what heaven is truly going to be like i want you to grasp that for a moment in this in this season of thanksgiving in this season of giving Blessed are those, happy are those, content are those that, that are selfless, that are, that are giving themselves into real relationships with people. I, I once sat under a, a bridge in Berkeley, California on an old ratty leather couch as traffic was going over us on on. I-80 because Joe, the guy that was living under the bridge, had invited me in to his living room. We were standing over here and we were talking and then Joe said, would you like to come into my living room? But there were no walls. It was just an old couch. And I would have to say, I... I would be lying if, I, if it didn't cross my mind about what diseases I might catch if I sat on that couch. But I was prompted to come over and sit down. And the one that was blessed from that conversation more, I, I guarantee it was me more than Joe. Joe was telling me about his life and telling me everything else. And for a moment, I, got, I was able to get past myself. And I really looked at him, at Joe. Not, not the homeless guy, not the homeless guy with, with, with dirty hands and, and disheveled clothes and and, and one that needed a haircut and a bath. No, I wasn't looking at him. him. I wasn't looking out the outside. Just for a moment, the Lord blessed me and helped me understand. And I was able to look at him in his eyes. And I saw something that was far more valuable than anything else in this life. I saw a human being. A person with needs. A person that hurt. A person with feelings. And the intangible, the soul of man that and 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 I don't know where you are theologically, but I but I believe that everybody is a living soul, and the houses that we live in are not are not the soul. It's just the body that we dwell in. But the real person that's inside is of a 
utmost value. That's why Christ came, and that's why Christ died for our sins, and that's why he gives us the opportunity to have eternal life, living with him, because he understands the value of a living soul. And at that moment, at that space in time, I was able to catch a glimpse of something that had nothing to do with relation in life, it had nothing to do with ethnicity or which country that they were born in or anything else. Inside of that outward shell, I saw humanity. And it transformed me. My guess is Joe probably doesn't even remember that conversation. But it's forever etched in my memory. Because it was a time when I got beyond my ego, my, my, my own spirit. And I was able to enter into a relationship, a conversation with somebody. And it had nothing to do with his status in life or or his culture, or his creed, or anything else. I just looked at him. And for that moment, I felt happy. You see, the, the thing about happiness in, in relationships, we'll never, we'll never achieve it if we're looking for something else. I, I went on that trip, and by the way, this is not in the notes. This is just me sharing from my heart. I went on that trip because we were going to feed the homeless and give them new socks. And I felt so good about me, I was giving new socks. Actually, I was giving brand new socks that I had never worn because some of my daughters had given me some real wonderful socks that just didn't fit my personality. You know, so I was going to give them and bless them with somebody else. And I gave them, and, and I went for me. I was serving for me to make me feel good. But in that moment, I was changed. And it wasn't about what I could do. It was just about seeing humanity and talking with another being and connecting with them. And, and that's what, as long as our own ego, as long as our own spirit is in it for self, we'll never catch a glimpse of true joy. Because when we are first, we never put the souls of others in their rightful place because we're always first and they're second or third or fourth. But when we realize that we want that it was Christ that came and we have this relationship with Christ because he came to us and 
And then, and he looked beyond all the things that we did and all the things that we were living in and all the things that we, we, we thought we were, and he began to pour his love and grace and mercy in us, and it brings him great joy. The Bible says that the angels rejoice over one sinner that comes to repentance, and, and when you gave your life to Christ, heaven blew up in a, in a, in a great celebration of joy because they knew that you were going to spend eternity with a living God and, and that, that the reason why Christ came was fulfilled in your heart. But when we're focused on ourselves, it always leads to chaos. Da David was so, a man after God's own heart and yet when he, when he got his eyes off of, of God and on to other things, he decided that he didn't have to do the things that God wanted him to do and he stayed home when he was, should have been out uh, defending the kingdom and, and that's when he saw Bathsheba and that's when he committed adultery. That's when they found out that she was pregnant. That's when he had her husband murdered. All because of self. And if he would have been living that selfless, he would have found joy in the victories of the armies of God. But instead, he felt the pains of remorse. Martha was so busy tending to the things around her that she failed to realize the real reason why she was working was so she could have a relationship with Christ. And Jesus spoke to her and said, Martha, I'm not always going to be here. They're doing the wise thing. They are connecting. See, Christianity without relationship doesn't work. But if you really want to, if you really want to catch a glimpse of heaven, if you really want to kind of peer around that corner and, and, and maybe part the curtains and kind of see what it's going to be like. If you really want to see the joy and, and be euphoric about what it's going to be like in heaven. Jesus said, if you really want to be happy, be selfless. Love people. Paul said it this way. I'm going to ask our praise team to come back. Uh, and would you stand with me, please? Paul said this in Galatians 5, 25. He says, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. He was just simply saying, hey, if, if, if your life is found in the presence of God, let's live in, in, in every day in the presence of God. Mother Teresa was asked once about how to find happiness and purpose in life. This is her quote about finding happiness and purpose in life. She said, don't do great things. Do small things with great love. I don't know of a, of a better way to celebrate the Thanksgiving season and the Christmas season than to have joy. And true joy is not going to be found in the, in the presence you unwrap. Oh, it may be for a moment, but it will fade.
But true joy, true happiness is connecting with people. Is seeing them as of utmost value. Being able to just talk to people, not talk at them, but talk to them, talk with them. You say, is there a difference? Yes, there is. And you say, well, how, how can I practice this? I mean, okay, you, you've stabbed me with, with that pencil, so how, how am I going to, to, to get a Band-Aid for this? And this is very simple. When you go to the grocery store, when the cashier asks you, hey, how you doing? And you say, oh, fine, great, yeah. Good weather, huh? Stop for a moment and look at them and say, how are you? Develop a friendship, not based on anything else, but their value and their worth to God. When you go get your hair cut, when you go to the service station, wherever you go, whatever you do, when you see people uh, along the, you know, just out in life, connect with them. My, my latest tool to do that, because sometimes I'll, I'll go walking in the mornings and sometimes Pat is there and we'll walk and I'm walking out in the neighborhood and some of the people out there, I'll say, hey, how you doing? They'll just like look at me like, eh. But I've learned a new trick. I bring my granddaughter with me. And as I'm pushing her along in that stroller, I'll say, how you doing? They'll look at me like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, yeah, I had to take the boss out for a walk. And man, you'd be amazed at how many people want to stop and talk. Whatever you have, whatever is available to you, Get into people's lives and don't just talk at them. Talk to them and you will find true, true happiness. It's found in relationship. Would you pray with me?